Welcome to Celebration Church's podcast. We hope this helps you to know God better and trust Him more. To learn more about Celebration Church, please visit us at celebrationchurchlive.com. Um, well, this morning, um, I tell you what, God um, obviously has something on, on His heart today. And uh, so when we were in our time of prayer, um, then with, uh, with, our, with our prayer team at 9 o'clock this morning, the theme of that prayer and a place of concerted thing was that there's going to be some folks here who were, the situations they were facing just were heavy and seemed impossible. And then that, in the middle of worship, echoes that same thing, the Holy Spirit. None of them knew what our subject matter was today. And so... Um, Normally, the, the, if this is your first time with us, normally the intro of this, of this message or message is, is uh, normally a little lighthearted, and then I work towards, we kind of wade in. Um, we're not wading in today. Um, God wants to do something a little different today. And so just go ahead and take, um, take your notes, and uh, if you've got your Uversion app, you can follow along. And we've been looking at this concept over and over again. Um, that to know God better and trust him more, we need to see that Jesus has been a part of the God-man story all along. There are times that we just didn't see it, we, that there was this presence that Jesus was there, even as you were reading through the Old Testament and as they were living it out, that, that the, this direction of what God was going to do in Christ was there all along, but it was so easily overlooked and missed because we have this mindset of what we think God is going to do, and then God often shows up and does something so much better, but it's different than what we were looking for. And so what we want to do is we want to condition ourselves to, to go, God, I want my eyes and ears open to what you're doing, not what I want you to do. And so let's go ahead and let's look at Luke 24 because this was the condition these guys were in. We're here in Luke 24. It's the road to Emmaus. It's resurrection day. This is later pushing towards the evening on resurrection day. Jesus has physically exited the tomb, and he is alive again walking on the planet. And later in the day, he connects with these two guys who have left the scene of where everything is going on in Jerusalem. They're confused. They're disheartened. And they're walking along talking to themselves about what's gone on. And this person they don't recognize just kind of comes along and joins in on this deal. And begins to have this conversation with them. And we're going to pick up with them in verse 24. It says, and then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said. It was empty. But they didn't see Jesus. And he said to them, how foolish you are and how slow to believe. All that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning then with Moses and the prophets, he explained to them what had, was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. He then goes to the scriptures, stuff that was already written, already, that they already knew, and showed them, walked them through this. At this point, they still don't know it's Jesus, and he's revealing himself to them going through the scriptures and then later he breaks some bread with them and all of a sudden their eyes realize who he is and then he disappears he gone 
And then they're like, oh, my goodness. And now they come back from where they had left, and they hightail it back to Jerusalem. They walked out of Jerusalem defeated and, and upset and confused, and they recognize, oh, God's been up to something bigger than what we understood all along. And now they're ready to go right back, right back into where they had just run from. See, we need to understand this. That he's been present and he is present with us in such a real meaningful way. Matthew 1, 22 through 23, we see this pro prophetic fulfilling of a, of a scripture. And here we, we connect this with Jesus' birth. But remember, this is the title of who Jesus is. In verse 22, it says, All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophets. I have a feeling this was one of the scriptures Jesus opened up to them and revealed to them on this road to Emmaus. He said, all that the Lord had said through the prophets, the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Not just God for us, not just God aware of us, not, not just God loves us, but God with us. This thing that keeps coming up in prayer and coming up during our worship, I, I, don't know, I don't know what you're fighting. I don't know if you had a moment like Lori and Steve where everything on this, on, that man could do said, there's nothing we can do. The best heart doctors in Texas said there's nothing we can do. Maybe you're in a situation, maybe it's a different type of thing, but you look at things, you look at situations, you look at relationships, you look at whatever is your condition, and maybe you're sitting here this morning and it took everything it could for you to gather yourself up and say, oh, fine, I'll go to church again. Maybe that's what it took. Maybe you're, you're this amazing act of faith is the fact that you're sitting here listening right now. But I'm here to tell you, God is with you. He is Emmanuel. In the middle of whatever you're going through, He is with you. He is with you. He is with you. See, God is faithful to be with us through the worst of times. So many times we can go, man, if, if so bad, where did God go? My life is so ugly, God must have left me. Now, I'll tell you what, God is with you. Yuck happens, difficulty happens, mess happens, but God is with us and carries us through it. And one of the, the places where we see this little this shadow uh, and the whisper of Jesus in the Old Testament is, is one of the this Bible stories that gets told in Sunday school over and over again. I don't remember the first time I was introduced to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I don't remember. As long as I have been involved in churches my whole life, some point before my consciousness connected, and I can remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were told, was told to me. Maybe you have no idea who Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego is. You're about to find out. But today we're going to look at this amazing place here in Daniel chapter 3. But I, before we get into the rest of the story, I, I've got to give you some backstory. Is Here the people of Israel have, have been brought into a place of captivity. 
They don't have their own land. They don't have their own government. They don't have their own anything. This king has conquered them and has gathered them up. And there's this king named Nebuchadnezzar who, is, who wants all the best and the brightest to work for him. Governments want that. They want the best and the brightest to be running their stuff and do that. Um, sadly, we don't always elect that, that direction. I'm not making a comment on anything, so it's just our system in general. And, um, but governments, kings want the best and the brightest. They want these people. So out of this group of people who were taken out of their home and pulled into this other land, they began to find out who the smarty pants were. And out of the Hebrew people, there were some guys that kind of rose to the top. And there's a guy named Daniel, and we're reading, what, we're reading his book. And then there was these three other guys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they're really, really bright guys. Okay, So they were brought in, and then they were given special treatment. Everybody else is stuck out in the fields doing slave labor. The smart guys get to go in and get this special treatment. And they're early in Daniel chapter 1, then they're getting all the choice foods they're getting double portions of everything. They're, they're being tutored by the smartest people there on, in that kingdom. And Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego decide, you know what? All these foods go against what God told us to eat. These guys were guys who weren't going to be eating bacon. I feel sorry for them, but they weren't going to have bacon or amazing ribs that we have last night. Woo! They weren't going to be eating those. In fact, they didn't want to eat meat at all. And they went to the guy who was their handler, the guy who was supposed to be training them up, and said, you know what? We don't want any of this fancy, rich food. Let us drink water. Don't give us any of your wine. And give us vegetables. What bunch of young guys say, I want water and vegetables, <laughs> when they've been given the best of everything in the kingdom? Um, it's not Brandon Clark. Apparently, I'd have been out there running a hoe in the fields and so bringing in the crops. Um, but these guys were in there, and so and they really pushed back. And, um, but these guys stood up for what they thought was right, and they, they said, okay, we'll give this a try. And they compared them, and these guys were better than anybody else. They were healthier. So they're like, man, these guys are smart. All right, all you guys are losing your meat and all this other stuff. And, of course, that made them loved, you know. Everybody else had to go their route. And so, but these are guys who were intelligent, who were strong-willed, who were, who were ready to speak their opinions. But at the same time, they were ready to serve. These guys had this amazing place where they recognized they wanted to make a contribution, but they were going to honor their God. And these were intelligent men, okay? Well, then Nebuchadnezzar was like any other pagan king, and he wanted himself to be worshipped. And there was this big golden thing that is erected. Nebuchadnezzar makes this, makes this decree and creates this big idol and says every time these certain things happen that everybody's got to bow down to them. Well, um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are like, no, we worship the one true God. And they say, if you don't do this, you're going to be burned alive. We've got this big furnace, and we're going to chunk you in it. And we're going to watch as your flesh cooks off your bones. And then your bones turn to char and to ash. 
And you're going to be our entertainment if you don't bow down to this. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, intelligent, strong, but passionate, God-believing people, guys who didn't come out of a camp meeting or church service or some Bible study where they, everything was out. Remember, they're a dominated people. They could have easily said, man, God's not with us. Where did God go? I got dragged out from my family property. I got pulled off to all these other places. I'm being forced to bring my talents and my resources to a king that, that doesn't respect me or recognize anything. But that is not their mentality. So you have tragedy on top of tragedy, and then here comes this other thing. Worship this God. Now, they could have said, well, you know what? Our other God, the one true God, where was he when we ended up in exile? Where was he in all of these different things? Where was he in all of this? But they didn't. And we're going to catch up to them here in Daniel 3, verse 19. Because they won't bow down. They've already refused to bow down. And Nebuchadnezzar's been told that some of his high guys, some of his leaders, won't do what he said. Then Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And his attitude towards them changed. He ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual and commanded some of the strongest soldiers in, the, in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So now he is ticked. He is super mad. And he's like, okay, we're not just going to throw you in the furnace. We're going to make it extra hot. You've made me extra mad. And so now we're good. We've, they've fired it up. They've got it extra hot. And he gets these strong guys to bind them up so they can't wiggle loose. And it says, and so these men, wearing their robes, trousers, turbans, and other clothes, were bound and thrown into the furnace. They didn't strip them of everything that they were wearing. They were just in such a hurry. They just like, just grab them, bind them up, chunk them in there. And the king's command was so urgent and the furnace so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and these three men firmly tied them into the blazing fire, <coughs> furnace. And then King Nebuchadnezzar, did I just jump something? No? Okay. It killed the men, the soldiers, who took them up. And then these three men, firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, weren't there three men that were tied up and thrown into the fire? They replied, certainly, your majesty. And he said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed. And the fourth looks like a son of the gods. There's a fourth man in the fire and he looks like the son of God it looks like the son of God has gone into this place that is hellacious and horrible and stood with these three men that stood with them see when Nebuchadnezzar approached Shadrach Meshach and Abednego and said you better bow down they said king 
I'm sorry. They were respectful. I said, but we can't do it. We can't do it. And our God is able to keep us and make, keep us safe through the flames. And even if he doesn't, even if he doesn't, we will still not bow down to your idol. Their faith, their, their faith was in God that he was faithful they didn't get their eyes wrapped up on the circumstances that got them there. They didn't let this place of frustration and, and self-pity come in. They said, man, God is faithful. He is able to save us from your hands. You think you're big and powerful and amazing? My God is bigger and more powerful and more amazing than you could ever be. So verse 26, Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire. And the satraps and, and prefects and governors and royal advisors crowded around them. And they saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair on their head singed. Their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. I don't know what you're going through. And maybe it looks like hell. I guarantee that situation looked like hell. But he was with them. God was with them in the middle of it. See, it doesn't say Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego sat there and saw the fourth man. Nebuchadnezzar saw the fourth man. All Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, all that we have from, from them is the fact that they stood in faith and they said, we can be saved through this. Our God can save us. Their bonds burn off, but nothing else burns out. And they walk out of this furnace, not even smelling a smoke. Man, I'm here to tell you whatever situation you're in, it doesn't have to define you. It doesn't, when it's all said and done and God carries you through, it doesn't have to tend you or make you smell like that thing is following you around the rest of your life, I'm telling you, God can carry you all the way through it and it not mark you in any way, form, or fashion. Our God is that kind of God. See, the presence of God is the essence of life. When he is with us in the middle of it, it changes everything. Let's look at Exodus 33. <clears throat> Here God is, is having an interaction with Moses and so in verse 13, it says, if you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so that I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. And the Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and your people unless you go with us? What else will, be dis will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? It's your presence. It's your presence. We'll go anywhere that you go with us, God. Well, here's the beautiful thing. God's with you. He's with you. Psalm 1611 says, you have made known to me the path of life. God wants to reveal to you the way out. Whatever it is you're dealing with today, God wants to show you the path of life, the path out. 
the path that brings blessing and wholeness and restoration. He wants to show it to you. Now, you're going to have to say, God, I want your way more than I want my way. Because so many times we say, God, here's my ugly situation, and here's how I want you to make it better. I've got my prescription. Fill it. God's not a pharmacist. He's not there to fulfill your prescription. He is here to be your Lord and to give you guidance and to be with you in the middle of whatever you're going through and for, for him to guide you and carry you through. You have made known to me the path of life. You fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand, which we talked about last week. Philippians 1, 21 says, For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I go on living in the body, this will be <clears throat> mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I don't know. I'm torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ in a full and complete way, which is better by far. But it's more, <clears throat> but it's more necessary for me, for you, that I remain in the body. And then Hebrews 13, 5. It says, because God had said, never will I leave you. And never, never, never will I forsake you. God is faithful. He's faithful. Again, I don't know, I don't know what's going on. But I want our prayer partners to come up right now. I need our prayer team to come up right now. The Spirit of God has brought some direction. Nat, can you come on up here, bro? The Spirit of God has brought some direction. And normally at this point, we move into a place for you to, to make a decision to, to place your faith in Christ. And I'm telling you, if you believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except by Him, and you say, yes, that's me, I'm telling you, you step over from death to life in that moment. And you can grab a hold of that right now. You just say, yes, I believe Jesus is Savior for me. But there's obviously some folks who are going to have a, a moment this morning. And we've got as much time as we need. And we can wait and we can pray and we can do whatever we need to. But I'm here to tell you, the Spirit of God has made a direction in this service today. And if you're facing some difficult, ugly situation in your life, I don't care what it is, I'm telling you, man, God wants to intervene and wants to be there. He is present with you now. He is there in the middle of it. And so I'm telling you, just come up here with our prayer team. Just come up here. Just grab any of them and come up here. I'm going to pray a prayer of closing. But I want you to understand God is with you. Even if it looks like hell itself, He's with you. And it doesn't have to define you, and it doesn't have to mark you for the rest of your life. And it can actually be a turning point for promotion. See, the rest of the story with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego is this king that hated them and wanted them dead ended up promoting them to the top guys in the land. He said, this God that they serve is a true God. It turned everything around. I don't care how ugly it looks, God can turn it around. 
He can turn it around. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Celebration Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.